podcast. We're a pioneer church based in Loughborough in the UK. Our mission is to make disciples to establish heaven on earth. It's great to um, be here and and almost just be continuing kind of the prophetic flow that has already started. Um, That's what it feels like for me today. Even just in those words that were shared and the songs that were sung, there's like a just an affirmation of the Father on us, of, um, yeah, his presence with us. He is closely with us. And I know that this season of OH1 summer is really loved. It's, it's like looked forward to in our church calendar. There's lower numbers, a different venue, and, and kind of a different pace to life. And I know that there's excitement and there's expectation coming into this summer in particular, It's been a really hard year for our community, for individuals, and this summer season allows us to take a deep breath. It allows us to retune and um, focus on what God has for us as a community. Recently, in myself and in others, I've noticed this tendency to say, oh, I just want to reset. I want to reboot. I want to go back to what was. But I don't believe that's what this summer was about. We are not returning to what was before. We are moving into new territory, aware of where we've been, yes, but looking to Jesus to strengthen us, to deepen our convictions, and to show us his way. Today we're continuing our series on At the Table, and as already has been said, we're looking at the theme of encounter. And um, hopefully, for all of us, the table has been a place of profound encounter, with God and with each other. Encounter at its essence is all about intimacy. It's about coming face to face with someone or something. And if you Google it, you'll get a definition along the lines of meeting with a person or thing, especially casual, unexpected or brief. While this definition might meet for some meetings with other people, it's just totally insufficient when trying to put to words an encounter with God. Casual, unexpected, brief, they're not characteristics that come to mind when I think of an encounter with God. He is the same God yesterday, today, and forever. He is faithful to us, he is consistent, he is steadfast, and I believe we can encounter God today. We can expect that of him, and every day, always. As we will see throughout this series, one of the locations where Jesus encountered people most is over a dinner table, face to face. These meals cross boundaries to extend the welcome and hospitality of God to the lost, the least, and the lonely. Jesus' teaching also regularly made reference to meals or to banquets. And today we won't be looking at a meal Jesus shared, but rather one he spoke of in a parable in Luke 15. In Luke 15, Jesus tells the story of two sons, and this parable will be so familiar to lots of us, often referred to as the parable of the lost son. I'm going to do a bit of story time, tell the story, and paraphrase it now. So, this parable begins with the youngest son going to his father and requesting his inheritance immediately to go and live a life of wealth and plenty. This is pretty brash, considering you don't get your inheritance until someone's dead, so it gives us a glimpse of what he was thinking about his father. As we read on, we see he goes off squandering all this wealth on wild living, and soon he runs out of money and he gets hungry. 
After a bit of time daydreaming, he comes up with a plan. He'll return to his father and ask to be treated like a servant in his household. In verse 18, it's almost like he's thinking through and practicing, how is this going to play out? Let me practice my speech. And he says, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. When he returns home, though, before he gets a chance to say anything, his father runs to welcome him, throws a banquet and a homecoming party to celebrate that what was lost is now found. Today, we're going to use this parable to explore the hospitality of God. And we're going to look at three things in particular, how the father welcomes, how the father affirms, and how the father celebrates. And then what we'll do is we'll look at those things and see what does this mean if we want our tables to be places of encounter. So number one, the father welcomes. The first face-to-face encounter we see in this parable is father to son. Defying all cultural norms, defying the son's expectations, his father saw him, was filled with compassion for him and welcomed him home. It says, but while he was still a long way off, His father saw him, was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. In running to greet his son, the father takes initiative and is really active in expressing his welcome. I really sense that it was important before going anywhere else in this series that we first reflect on the welcome we have received in God. Through Jesus. In the parable, the father throws his arms open to embrace the son. But we know, as we've just been praising and celebrating about, in Jesus, he threw his arms wide open for all people, all of us, everyone, and he is Lord. And many of us have accepted that he is Lord. We've accepted Jesus into our lives and we have received his welcome. But then when it comes to encountering him face to face in our day to day, we can be faced with big questions that put up big barriers. Can I accept that I am really worth looking for? Do I believe that God actually desires to be face to face that close with me? And will I accept ultimately that I am loved? God absolutely loves to welcome us. He desires to meet us intimately. And wherever we are today, the Father welcomes us. That's just the truth. He welcomes us. And in Psalm 23, there's this verse that says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. God has stuff for you today. And his invitation is to come and feast with him. I found it really interesting that Nathaniel shared that word about washing dishes because Um, When I was preparing, I did kind of think ages ago and then forgot about it. What if we had a banquet table laid here just full of the mess of after a party? You know, that feeling of like our dishes are absolutely everywhere and I can't cope with this. And I think that can be a barrier to us encountering God. If if we want to host people, we we need to deal with our washing up, don't we? We need to let him come and prepare the banquet for us. Clean us, refresh us, renew us. So the father welcomes, and then the father affirms. So on returning home, the youngest son has prepared this speech, declaring, I'm unworthy to be called a son, and he requested the position of a servant. But the father's response was not one of judgment or shame. Instead, he calls his servant and says, quick, 
bring the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. The father is ready to extend grace to his son and has gifts for the son to receive. These gifts would just not be given to a servant. They just would not be given to a servant. They affirm his identity as a loved son. The son was willing to accept an identity that was not his as a servant rather than a son. And as disciples, we sometimes settle for an identity that isn't ours either. Among other things, the Bible says to us, we are chosen. We are made in his image. We are children of God, loved, forgiven, valuable, a friend of God, delighted in a new creation. What does it look like then for our tables to be places where people's true God-given, God-formed identity is affirmed? In my life, more than any other context, it's been around the table that my identity has been formed and affirmed. If I think of family life, one-to-one discipleship, community living, small groups, our marriage, the table has been a context where I have encountered God and I have encountered others deeply. And I don't just think these tables just pop up and appear. I think we have a role to play in these tables becoming places of encounter. Ultimately, anyone and everyone can host, can't they? But not everyone can host the presence of God. Only people who have met Jesus, received his Holy Spirit, they can be conduits for the presence of God in other people's lives. The other week, we were at the pub with some open heaveners, and somehow, instead of work chat, we we just started encouraging each other. Really simple, in a relaxed context, speaking out what we saw in each other. And it was really profound. People that knew each other well, people that didn't, they were all united in this activity of speaking life over one another. And I think people left that table different. I think they left feeling more known, more loved, because at that moment, their God-given identity was seen, and then it was affirmed. So the father welcomes, the father affirms, and then the father celebrates. The parable of the lost son is the third of three parables about things that were lost. A lost sheep, a lost coin, and then this lost son. In all these stories, Jesus shares that there should be rejoicing. Rejoice with me, I found my sheep. Rejoice with me, I found my coin. And now it says, let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and now he's found. In the parable, you read that the father is really, really quick to celebrate. He celebrates his son homecoming before his eldest son even returns from the field for the day. Henry Nguyen, when writing about this parable, describes our homecoming as followers of Jesus. And he says it's about knowing the voice of the father, saying that we are his beloved. And he puts it so beautifully when he says, I leave home. Every time I lose faith in the voice that calls me the beloved. And I follow the voices that offer a greater variety of ways to win the love that I so much desire. People desperately want to be loved. They desperately want to know the affirmation of the Father. And my prayer is that our tables would be places where people feel at home. Not just like a nice, friendly feeling of homeliness, but truly at home and able to hear the voice of the Father. I won't go into this too much because we have another week on celebrating at the table. But I do want to say, as followers of Jesus, we should celebrate so often. 
the small things and the big things. Joy is a marker of us as God's people, and it's something so many people long for. This joy doesn't deny suffering, but it does trust that there is light in darkness and there is hope that the kingdom is at hand. Take a breath. Take a moment. Are you hungry for an encounter with God? Maybe it's begun in worship and you're like, I just... There are barriers. There are things that need surrendering. Perhaps it's that we need to open our hands to receive the welcome and the hospitality of God. I know it's unconventional. Normally you finish the talk and then respond. But let's just for a moment close our eyes, open our hands, and believe that God has hospitality to offer us, a welcome to offer us. Believe that his arms are wide open. Father God, would you help us as a community to know you intimately? Would we trust that your word is true, that you long to encounter us, that you long to be close to us? Would we be so close to you that we can taste and we can see your goodness? Jesus, where there's things that have got in the way, or where there's things where we have pursued love elsewhere than your voice. We are sorry, and we ask that you would encounter us. We thank you that you lay a table for us in the presence of our enemies. We thank you that you are constantly with us, and you've gifted your Holy Spirit as a remembrance and as a marker of that in our lives. We thank you, Jesus. Amen. We can continue that later. Um, So in this parable, there's three characters. The youngest son, the eldest son, and the father. And often when we read this parable, we place ourselves in the shoes of one of the sons. But Jesus spoke in Luke 6, and he said, Be compassionate, just as your father is compassionate. So perhaps the challenge is twofold. Yes, like the son, we need to accept God's hospitality to us. But also we need to look to the father for an example of how to extend this hospitality to others. So what would it actually look like for our tables to become places of encounter? When we encounter God, we are changed. When we truly accept his welcome, his affirmation, and choose to walk in it, the context that we then walk into are also changed. A bit of the kingdom is deposited in the places we go. So when we go and sit at a table, God is there with us. In Matthew 18, verse 20, it says, For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. By his Holy Spirit, he is here among us today. And as we saw in the parable, God's desire is to welcome an all people. We see that in the work of Jesus. 
And think when Jesus is sharing this story, sharing this parable, try and think about how people felt. What would they feel when they were hearing it? And then think, how would people feel when he lived out this welcome by practically eating with them, eating with sinners and people that, that people wouldn't expect Jesus to eat with? I even wonder whether he could have been eating with others when he shared this story. I like to think he might have been. If you flick to verse 1 in Luke 15, um, there's a bit of a bit where it says people were gathered around him. We don't know whether it's at a table or not, but people were gathered around them. And then the Pharisees were muttering, this man welcomes sinners and eats with him. It's just interesting, isn't it? I just thought, oh, could it be that those parable stories were shared around a meal? I think they could be. Who knows? The table can be a really access, easy access point for people to experience something of Jesus, something of God. There's nothing anonymous about the table. Everyone is known by name and invited. And Jesus goes on and describes his kingdom as participating in a feast. So each time we invite someone to eat at our tables, it's like a little miniature expression of heaven on earth. As we eat with other people, do we actually expect them to encounter God? What would it look like if our tables were places where people felt welcomed, felt affirmed, felt celebrated? What would it look like if they felt truly and ultimately at home? So think about a time you felt really welcomed. In the parable, the father throws his arms around the son. And this is quite an intimate welcome. And intimacy doesn't just happen like that. I wouldn't greet a stranger in the same way I would greet a family member. For a really good welcome, an arms wide open embrace, people do need to feel known, accepted and loved. I would find it a bit strange, maybe, if a stranger ran up to me and embraced me. But someone who knows me by name, I'm okay with it. I'm not great with it, but I'm okay with it. So um, there is something about being known, being loved, and that then allows this welcoming embrace. For us, we need to think, what's the equivalent of an arms wide open embrace when we invite people in? Is it thinking about what their favorite meal might be or splashing out and treating them? Perhaps it's actually inviting them to join in with family life, not putting on a show, just saying like, come, we're cooking dinner at this time, come and join us, can you chop the onions? And for others, it might be like recognizing a need in people and meeting it. The joy of our community is that we are family. And as family, we need to be present to each other. We need to listen to each other. We need to take an interest in each other's lives. And as people that know God and love Jesus, we get this privilege of listening to the person in front of us, but also listening to the Holy Spirit. When we listen deeply, we can then respond. You might notice a gift or a quality in someone that you want a bit of in your own life. Let me encourage you, be really intentional. Go and tell them, I see this in your life and I want a bit of it. Can we have dinner? Or perhaps as disciples, we need to be the ones starting the conversations that go beyond what are your plans for the weekend and go to a deeper level. Think of any table in a pub, a restaurant, a home, and think about the amount of stories that will have been shared around it for years and years and years and years. There's like that weird phrase, isn't there? If, like, if walls could talk, if tables could talk, um, imagine the stories that they would have heard. 
Every single person loves a good story. And in looking at a parable, ultimately, what have we been looking at? A story. Jesus tells the people that have encountered him to then go home, return to your house, and describe what great things God has done for you. What if that was a marker of our table conversation? Whoever the company, whether they know Jesus or not, we will go home and our tables will be a place where we share the great things God has done for us. We'll share testimonies, we'll share musings, we'll share prophetic words, we'll share reflections, we'll share challenge. Because God is working and God is moving. God is doing great things in our community. There's kingdom moments happening absolutely everywhere. And these stories will inspire, encourage and sharpen us as a community. I think our tables should be a place where God's given identity is affirmed and encouraged. Remember in the parable where the son was willing to accept an identity that was not his. We sometimes are willing to do the same. An identity needs to be fought for. When people gather at our tables, let's speak truth. Let's spur each other on and ask really good questions. I don't think it needs to be anything like special. It just needs to be operating out of who we are, operating out of that encounter with the Father. Then people will know their worth. I cannot express how many times I have arrived at someone's table or a meal or a house feeling one thing and I've left feeling totally different. I arrive discouraged but leave encouraged. Arrive worn out, but leave refreshed. Arrive restless, but leave at true rest. And why is this? It's because we're not alone at the table. Jesus is there with us, and it's his absolute joy to work through his children. Remember, where two or three are gathered in his name, there he is with them. Finally, there are so many things in life worth celebrating. Celebrate often, and if in doubt, celebrate people. People are so worth it. Celebrate who they are and who they're becoming. I really do believe that we can expect encounter at our tables, because when people eat at our table, we can expect them to leave with a bit more joy, a bit more hope, a bit more peace. Not because of anything we've done, but in his strength. After all, ultimately, These tables are just a little expression of heaven on earth.